Man, that felt like a lot of gadgets to get rid of. Get all that. Okay. So, I don't know. Don't, I don't think I'm getting crazy today, but I just want to move these back. So, <laughs> a little more room there. Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, we are going to be in Ephesians 6. We are finishing up our Unseen series today. Ephesians 6 is where we're going to be. So if you can turn in your Bible or your Bible app and join me there. We will read from that in just a moment. I just want to make y'all feel at home. If you, I'm sure how many Sundays have we heard that? So, you know, so you'll hear that more in just a minute. So there's a reason for that. But uh, anyway, it's nice to hear the rustle of pages. Couldn't hear the swiping, but that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. So one, one of the things that I think we all can agree that we dread is having to make that phone call to that customer service or helpline. I think we can all just like, oh, okay. We, we've tried everything to fix whatever it may be, whether we're um, dealing with a bill or something. We're like, oh, I've got to get on the phone. Okay. And I think sometimes in our minds, we, we just have this vision of, I think they're there just to mess with us. I think they're on the other end just trying to see how can I make the life hard of the person who calls in. And I think that's how we feel. And so I've got a, a clip because I want you to see this because this may be what you all are expecting. Have you tried turning it off and on again? <laughs> oh, okay, well, the button on the side, is it glowing? Yeah, you need to turn it on. <laughs> um, the button turns it on? Yeah. You, yeah you, you do know how a button works, don't you? No, not on clothes. Hello, IT. <laughs> Yaha. Have you tried forcing an unexpected reboot? No, no, there you go. No, there you go. I just heard it come on. No, no, that's the music you hear when it comes on. No, that's the music you hear when... It... I'm sorry, are you from the past? So I don't know if that's how you feel or not, but sometimes I think that's, that's the idea we have. Somebody just sitting there, just keeping us going. We get to hear the elevator music. How long is it going to take for to answer the phone? But I think he actually asked a very insightful question, which if you spend any time around technology, it's question number one. Is it on? And maybe even before that, you might ask, is it plugged in? But see, what he's asking is he's asking a power question. Do you have any power? You see, one of the things about many aspects of our life, if there's no power, there's no fuel, there's no energy source, things aren't going anywhere. And see, when it comes to handling and dealing with this unseen daily battle we've been talking about, is there power? 
do you have power? And see, as Paul's been walking through all the different weapons, he finishes up with what might seem like not to be a weapon, but he finishes up with power. You see, without the power of prayer, all we have coming is defeat. You can put on all the armor, but without the power of prayer, you're not going to win. And so we'll see what this looks like as we look at Ephesians 6. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible app, let's stand and let's read from Ephesians 6. We're going to begin in verse 10 and we're going to read through verse 20. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood's enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the, this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right word so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. May God bless the reading of his word. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. Just honestly, Lord, for you. Lord, you, you bless and you give us things. And I, and I just ask for your forgiveness for the times that we just see you more as a means to an end. How are we going to get? How are we going to receive? And Jesus, you are it. You are the end. And so I thank you that you're so willing to love us. I thank you that you're so willing to just draw us in and we get to be in relationship with you. Thank you that you speak. I thank you that you're ever faithful, even when we are faithless. And so, as we spend some time together, Lord, I just ask that you remind us of how vital that relationship is, that communication with you. And so speak to us. Give us ears that are open, hearts and minds that are willing to consider what you have to say. Guide and lead as only you can. And I pray that you bless this time. May you get all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now before we dig in and talk about prayer, I want to back up and I want us to think and maybe a little bit of background as we think about what prayer is. Because every day we have conversations. I mean, I guess unless maybe you're a monk or that might be the only point. We have conversations with people. Some of us, we have conversations with ourselves, and sometimes those are really good conversations. Um, but we got family, you have friends, you may have coworkers, teachers, peers. We have conversations every day. 
And typically in a conversation, you do two things. You speak and you listen. And hopefully you're doing both. I always like to say that God's given us two ears and one mouth. We need to use the ears more. That's why God gave us two of them. But you've got both of these things going on. But one of the things I think is interesting, when it comes to prayer, there seems to be this kind of ex- exception to the rules of conversation and the way we treat it. You see, prayer in its simplest form, prayer as simple as we can say it, is talking to God. Talking to God. Having a conversation. Speaking, listening. And what's interesting is a lot of people, I think, pray, but the question is, who are they praying to? I remember as a teacher, there was an old thing. Um, I think it said something, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but to the extent of as long as there are tests in school, there will always be prayer. But the question is, who, who are we praying to? Because some people might say, well, you know, the man upstairs or, you know, I'm sending good vibes in the universe. You know, I'm like, who, who are you talking to? I mean, I could walk out in the courtyard and I could pray to a tree, but that tree's not going to do anything except be a tree. It's not going to answer anything for me. And so I think a lot of times there are, there are prayers and things that are said and thrown out there. But see, again, it comes back to what's the power? And not really a question of what, the question is who? Who is the power? Who are you praying to? Who are you talking to? Because that's where the power comes from. Does this person you're speaking to have the ability to actually do what you're asking? But see, the hard thing is, there is one thing that always is a hindrance to prayer. And that's sin. We see, we have the God of the universe, God of heaven's armies. I like that phrase in the New Living Translation, the God of heaven's armies who can move heaven and earth, can create everything that wants to hear, wants to answer, and wants to respond. But the one thing that will limit that response is sin. Is sin. You want to think about what blocks that prayer life? Is sin. And see, until we all reach the point of realizing we are a sinner in need of a Savior, we come to that point realizing, I need God. That's the first prayer that God is going to hear of a sinner. It's God, I need you. God, forgive me. God, I realize you are God and I'm not. But see, in that moment, when you begin to reach out and that, that cry of your heart that God, I need you. As David said, he realized, I was born in iniquity. He's saying, I was born in sin. And that's every single one of us. Adam and Eve on. And so to realize now, And I can go to a God who will hear, and what he will do is he will forgive. He will forgive my sin. And see, what that begins to do is open the door of relationship with God. Now, I absolutely believe God is at work. He's drawing, he's wooing, he's pursuing his desires that all would come to know him. But see, there's a point where we have to turn and respond. Revelation 3 tells us, behold, I stand at the door and knock. See, the question is, are we going to open we're going to respond and listen. Because now, when you respond to Jesus, now you've got the opportunity of some prayer that can do something. You've got an opportunity to see prayer become all that it can be. Because as I was thinking about this, huh, the different times I've used the hose out in my yard, and I'm sure many of you have used the hose in yours. And there's always that point of, okay, I've got the hose running. I don't want water to go everywhere, but I need to get to the nozzle and turn it off. I don't know if you've ever done that where you crimp the hose. You grab the end of it and kind of yank it down so it won't flow anymore. And see, I think that's what our prayer life is like when sin is there. Your prayer life is crimped down. 
There's nothing flowing. And see, until you deal with that, until that relationship is restored, until sin is dealt with, there's going to be no flow. But see, once that happens, then, then the beauty is what, what John talked about in 1 John 5. He said this. He said, now this is the confidence that we have in him, in Jesus, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. See, there's confidence now. When I go before the Lord, I got a God who says, ask and you shall receive. You don't receive because you don't ask. Ask anything in my name. He's saying, ask, ask, ask. Be like that widow who is persistent. Keep going. Keep asking. But I think sometimes it might be a question of faith. Do we really believe God wants to answer us? And see, as we've talked about this whole time, all the armor and all the things you can put on, the fact is what it really comes down to is all just a matter of dress. I mean, you can walk around with the breastplate. You can have the belt on. You can have the shoes. But if you're not praying, you got no power to use these weapons. And I think that's why Paul ends where he does. Because prayer gives us that confidence as we head into this unseen daily battle. But there's a couple things. A couple things I think are important as we look at this. The first thing is this, if you're a note taker, is we need to pray all the time. We need to pray all the time. See, looking back at verse 18, Paul said, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. All times and on every occasion. Now, I think some of us might hear that and go, all the time? Come on. I'm not a monk. I'm not praying all the time. But the idea here is pray as you go. Pray as you go. If you read across Scripture, there are so many different methods of physically how people prayed. You got people praying with their hands raised. You got people flat on the ground, okay? Heads bowed, heads up. You got so many different things. So the idea that, well, I can't pray with my eyes open, number one, I think is ludicrous. If you're driving and praying, you better keep your eyes open, okay? Okay. The rest of us are going to be scared. I'm going to look over and, oh, he's just praying, okay? No, that's not going to work. But see, pray as you go. Pray in your mind. Pray out loud. There's something that I like praying out loud because a lot of times as I'm praying, one of the things I think is the coolest thing about prayer is prayer changes me. Prayer is not about changing God. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but prayer changes me. And so to hear what I'm praying, it also makes you go, well, why am I asking that? Or sometimes you pray something and go, well, man, that sounds selfish. Is that really what God wants? So pray out loud. But Paul's point is there should not be any time in your life where prayer is not a part of it. It ought to be there. And I love the example of Nehemiah because Nehemiah, he was praying at work. And I want to read this out of Nehemiah chapter 2. It starts in verse 1. It says, in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Because that's his job. He was the cupbearer. Now I have not been sad in his presence. And the king said to me, why is your face sad, seeing you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of the heart. Then I was very much afraid. I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. 
Okay, Nehemiah didn't stop there and said, King, hang on just a second. Let me go in my prayer closet, pray a little bit, and I'll come back and talk to you. Right there. He says a prayer. And I don't know why. To me, this is like a shotgun prayer. Just like, there it goes. It's up. Kind of that spray. I'm hoping, Jesus, you're going to hear this. Because in that moment, he needs some help. And he's at work. And so the point is pray anywhere, pray everywhere. Pray as you're going. As you walk into that checkout line, pray for that checker. Pray, God, let me talk to them. God, I pray for their day. I can, it amazes me how many times we're sitting in a restaurant and we'll ask the waiter or waitress if we can pray for them. I have never had a single person get mad. What? You're asking them to pray for me? What do you think? I need help? Never. But what we have had, we've had people tear up and start crying because they got family who are dealing with cancer. They got all sorts of things going on. And there's something about that that just taps into that we all need help. And so we got to pray. Pray all the time in all these places, wherever you go. And why? Because God's already there. God's there. And so, God, when we get there, we want to join you in what you're doing. And we just don't know. But see, sometimes I think we struggle because, like, I don't know what to pray. But see, God's got that taken care of, too. It's not on the screen, but Romans 8, 26 is one of my favorite verses. It talks about the fact that the Spirit intercedes for us. And how does the Spirit intercede? Meaning, pray on our behalf with groanings too deep for words. I love that. Because sometimes, doesn't that how it feels? It's just like, oh. I'm just like, God, I don't know. I got, I got nothing. But Lord, I know I need you. And I liked how I, I heard one pastor say, he's like, just pray what you got. Pray what you got. God, help me. God, I don't know. I mean, sometimes you get around the dinner table. I love some of those prayers, you know, good food, good meat, good Lord, let's eat. You know, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. I mean, sometimes you just pray what you got. But it's not the words that come out, it's here. Okay? And sometimes, especially of a, of a child, that is some of the most beautiful prayers. Because it's sincere and it's honest. And sometimes it's a prayer because they know the food that's coming and they're a little scared. Okay? So you, you, you never know. But pray what you got. Pray what you got. But see, as we pray all the time, Paul, Paul doesn't stop there. He continues on in verse 18. And he says, stay alert and be persistent. Pray every time and all occasions, and he says, stay alert and be persistent. He's saying to stay alert because when you pray a prayer, there ought to be an expectation there's going to be an answer. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to like the answer. Let's be honest. And there are times God has been like, no, in my life. And then I look back and go, God, thank you that you said no. That was not a good prayer. I thought it was good at the time, but you had something way better. But he's saying, watch, that God's going to answer. See, the idea, if you look at Philippians 4, when it talks about don't be anxious for anything but pray. See, the idea of the thankfulness, the thanksgiving attitude in there is you're already thanking God for the answer. Because there's that expectation, God is going to answer. Now, sometimes it's a yes, sometimes it's a no, sometimes it's wait. But see, God still hears. And God knows, and he's moving in you. And see, I, I, I like what Robert Law said. I found this quote. This is awesome. He says, prayer is not getting man's will done in heaven. It is getting God's will done on earth. We want God's will done. 
And see, that's part of how prayer has to change us because we need to get in line with what God's up to. But see, I, have, I know some of you in this room, you have loved ones that you have been praying for for decades. You have family, you have children that you are praying to come to know Jesus and they haven't yet. And Paul's reminding us, pray all the time and be persistent. God hears. That is on the heart of God. You read scripture, that's God's heart that he wants all to come to know him. So pray that. And God is faithful. Keep praying. Keep going after that. See, there are so many things we do every day. I mean, think about the things you do routinely every day. I think most of us eat. We sleep. Might watch some TV, read the paper, all the things we do every day. But is prayer a part of that? I cannot imagine any day in my life not having a conversation with my wife. I mean, we even had recently in, in the month of May, Heather was in Texas. I still talk to her every day. Because that's a relationship, obviously, that matters to me. But that's what relationship is about. And why would it be any different with our Heavenly Father? That I wouldn't want to talk to Him every day. And see, the exciting thing is, and the part that may be hard for us to grab on, is He wants to talk to you. He's thinking about you. Psalms 139 talks about the fact that he knows everything. He's thinking about you. The grains of sand cannot outnumber his thoughts about you. And I think that's hard for some of us to think that God cares about us that much. But he does. And so take that time to pray. But see, as you're praying, and we need to be praying all the time, we're not just praying for ourselves. That's an important thing. And do pray for yourself. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I think sometimes I'm like, well, I should pray for yourself. But you know what? The next thing is also pray for others. Pray for others. Because see, at the end of verse 18, as Paul was saying, stay alert and be persistent, he finishes that by saying, in your prayers for all believers everywhere. In your prayers for all believers everywhere. I mean, think about all the people right now across the United States who either are worshiping or have been at some point in the last maybe couple hours. That's an awesome thing. We got brothers and sisters praying in Africa, in Asia. We got brothers and sisters everywhere. We need to pray for one another. And see, the Scripture has awesome words for, for prayer. Not just the word prayer. We have words like supplication. We have words like intercession, confession, thanksgiving. And that idea of intercession, that we're interceding, we're going to the Lord on behalf of other people. We want God to move in the lives of other people. Obviously, we want to move in our own, but in others as well. But think back to the Lord's prayers. He was teaching his disciples to pray. Notice where he started. He says, our Father. He didn't say my Father, which, yes, he is my Father. But notice the fact that prayer is something that unites us. We come together around a common desire, a common hope that God is going to move in our life and in the lives of other people, and he's going to make himself known. And everything he's going to do is going to be for his glory. But see, I think one of the things that's hardest for us is often a little bit of pride can begin to well up. Well, if I, if I, if I share this prayer request with somebody else, ah, oh man, is that going to make me look weak? Man, they're going to know I need help. See, the fact is, we already know that we all need help. 
If we didn't need help, we wouldn't need Jesus. So we're only holding back things for ourselves. And when we communicate with someone else, says, hey, please pray for me. That's an awesome thing. And see, that's exactly what Paul is doing in verse 19. He's saying, and pray for me too. He says it. And his prayer is that he, he's, I need the words to say. I'm in prison. I want to be able to speak for God. Give me the words. And there may be somebody right now that God has laid upon your heart that he's saying, you need to talk to this person. This is your neighbor. This is your coworker. This is a family member. I need you to share me with them. I need you to talk to them about me. And so to go to someone else and say, hey, pray for me. God's telling me to talk to this person. Or pray for me. There's conflict in my life with this other person. And I just, I need to address it. And we don't want those things. And I can tell you there are times where the best we have is to ask somebody to pray for us and say, I got it unspoken. And sometimes there is pain, there is hurt, there are so many things there. You just say, hey, can you pray for me? Can you pray for this person in my life? And see, the beautiful thing is God knows. But see, what also is exciting is when you are specific with people, and then there's the answer. See, that's where the joy comes, is the answer. You get to talk to that person. Hey, how's God doing with this? What's going on? I've been praying for you. And see, that's one of the things when you pray. Make sure, especially if somebody asks you, I would just encourage you, pray right then. Uh, I'll admit it. I've told somebody, I'm going to pray for you, and I forgot. And then you saw him again. You're like, oh, man. And as you're walking to him, you're saying a prayer. I forgot. And I hate that feeling. That's why I started, I'm going to pray for you right now. Because honestly, then once I pray, it helps me to remember to pray. But pray for each other. But see, that's the cool thing is follow up. I've got journals that I found recently as I was looking through things. Where I can write down things I was praying for. And so you look back and see what God was up to. That's a beautiful thing. And what it does is reminds us that our God is faithful, our God listens, and our God wants to answer. So remember, don't rob other people of that joy either. You see, when we invite other people into our lives, I know there's, there's a humbling factor to that. But see, we rob other people of joy when they get to, to serve and God gets to use them in our lives. That's a beautiful thing. And see, I can tell you one, one of the greatest joys being pastor here has been praying. Has been praying. Because as I just look across the room, I can think of different things I've prayed for, things I'm still praying for, and just ways that I've seen God move. Because in, the, in this room, there have been joys, there has been loss. There has been heartache. And see, the fact is, it's not honestly anything about that. Anybody in this room needs me. No, we pray because we all need Jesus. That's what it's about. And see, he's the one who can handle it all anyway. Because honestly, if I had to bear it all, it would crush me. But yet to enter into your life and to join you in those moments and pray. And say, God, this is my sister. This is my brother. Whatever's going on, they may be struggling, or it may be a joy. God, thank you for this joy. Obviously, you've seen one of the greatest joys is the babies. You guys have helped with that. Thank you. Another one coming. But the joy of that, 
We need all those things. But see, that's the cool thing. When you ask somebody to pray, go back and tell them what happened. Let them know the answer. Let them know what God did. Even if it was totally not what you expected and what you were asking for. But see, that's the beautiful thing. Is when we pray, it's the battle together. I'm going to war with you. I'm going to war for you. And we are going to fight together. We're going to fight together. But see, if we don't have prayer, I mean, think about this. If we don't have prayer, it's really like showing up to battles, going to war. I've got my gun and i got no bullets. It's not going to work. I mean, maybe you can turn that gun around and that's not going to last very long. But see, as we think about history, we look at today. Because see, there were people who went to battle for our nation that we celebrate on this day. See, we've had wars throughout. But prior to that Independence Day that was fought for, you might be familiar with the French and Indian War. 18th century, and it was really something that was across the globe, but to America it was the French and Indian War, but across the pond, across the ocean, it was called the Seven-Year War. And there was a general by the name, excuse me, a king by the name of Frederick the Great. He was king of Prussia. And during this seven-year war, there's a moment where he rallied his generals around him. And he gets them all together and he gives them this big speech before they go to battle against the Austrians. And there is a painting that was depicted of this. So that was in 1757 that this Frederick the Great gave the speech. But in the 1860s, a painting was put together of this. And this painter, as he was painting this over two years, he got the background, he got the scenery, he got all the generals. But he never finished the painting, and he was missing the key figure of that painting, which was Frederick the Great. Missing the key figure. And see, a lot of times I think that's what you and I are trying to do. We get everything together. We get all the pieces. We'll get all the armor, but we're missing the central person, which is Jesus. And see, the only way we get Jesus involved is we pray. We talk to him. And see, if you want to be without power, if you want to make sure that the battle is full of defeats instead of victory, don't pray. But see, if you go before the Lord, you will experience the power of prayer. And in the unseen, daily battle, you will experience victory. Let's pray. God, we are in such need of you. And it's hard to just imagine that, kind of like I could sit down and talk to anybody else on this earth, that you desire to have that kind of conversation with us. Father, we just, we just get to talk to you. And Lord, I know for some of us, our, our earthly fathers are not anything to write home about. And I know for some, that may be the hard thing to understand you as father. But Lord, I thank you that you are the perfect father. Always with an ear to listen, to be right there, to guide, to point the way forward. And the fact that you never leave us or forsake us. 
And so, Father, I just ask that you would continue to be all that you are. And Lord, today it may be that first prayer that needs to be prayed by someone, which is, Jesus, I need you. I pray that today would be that day if they've never said it. And Lord, for those who do know you, I pray that maybe today would be the beginning of a renewed prayer life. Just a reminder of how much every day they need to speak to you. And that you want to hear. And Lord, when we go forward in the power of prayer, God, that is unlocking heaven to see you do amazing things. And Lord, you tell us in your word that you will do more than we can ask or imagine. So Lord, I pray that we pray and we ready to do battle and to fight. Lead us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning for our invitation, we're going to sing, The Savior's Waiting.